0: The last word with Matt Cooper. Today
1: FM, it all happens here. Today FM. D Ready and John Cadella with us to have our weekly chat on music news. So, is Ed Sheeran worth a Disney Plus documentary series, D?
0: Yes, I do think he is. I would be skeptical, though, that it necessarily needs to be a four part series to be honest with you like I was watching uh, Shania Twain's one recently and that's a woman who has fitted a lot into her life and it was a nice tight 180 like sorry even 90 minutes like, in, mm. like got you through the life blah 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 so I just <clears throat> I just struggle to see how we're going to have that split out over four episodes myself. Is there not a lot
1: to get through though?
0: Yeah, there is, and 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 obviously he's had um, some really tough times recently. Like this isn't a criticism of Ed Sheeran; it's actually more a, a criticism of how documentaries are made nowadays. Like I, I think, to me anyway, as a, as a viewer, I would be far more interested in the good 90-minute documentary than something that's going to be
1: dragged out. What sort of things can we expect in it, John? For example, his wife's illness.
2: Yeah, it, it appears that in the first half of 2022, when Ed was touring Ireland, playing massive gigs in Croke Park and in Limerick and everywhere else, he was dealing with some serious stuff in his personal life. His wife was diagnosed with cancer while she was pregnant with their mm. second child, which meant that she couldn't undergo any treatment until after the birth. At the same time, um, his best friend, Jamal Edwards, also died um, very, very suddenly and unexpectedly. Um, And this sort of also culminated at around the time of the when he was taken to court over supposedly um, ripping off another songwriter's song. So all this was happening at the same time and he was dealing with a hell of a lot. He had agreed to the documentary series before any of this happened. So he was committed to it and it follows him through this really tough time in his life. So I suppose from that point of view, at least an hour or Mm -hmm. two of it is going to be, you know, him in the thick of this, these life changing events. But it also will um, go back to his very early childhood and his rise to success. So I think he is one of the biggest artists in the world right now. And I think he's probably one of the few who right now, when he's at his peak, probably uh, justifies four hours or so of a documentary because he is one of the biggest artists in the world. He's certainly one of the most popular artists in the world. He has that every man touch. He's very, very likable as a person. I think people are are interested to know the background and, and, you know, what he's like. I was going to say when the cameras stop rolling, but Mm -hmm. when when it's not all about show and artifice, you know, I I think I'm looking forward to it, actually. And I think, you know, I think you know, you can have your opinions about his music one way or the other, but mm-hmm. I think he's proven himself to be a very, very likeable person.
1: Okay, let's move on. Now, John, I know you have no time for the Rock and Roll Hall no, of Fame. I don't. Jeez, I think it's nonsense. And yeah. I can understand why you say that. But what about the argument when put forward by Courtney Love that Women get marginalised by it. That is worth looking at, isn't it? Yeah, I
2: mean, when I first saw the story a, a day or two ago, I was willing to just go, ah, why does... And I actually tweeted, I said, why do obviously legendary artists give a toss about this ridiculous institution and its trinkets? But then when I actually went deeper into the article... I realise there is, the argument that Mm -hmm. she's making is very, very valid.
1: What is the argument? Explain it Well, yeah,
2: and it's not even that it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I suppose it goes for any sort of industry. She's saying that of all the people who have been um, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame since 1988, less than 10% of them are women. And she says Sister Rosetta Tharp um, and all of the the females who birthed rock and roll alongside the men, you know, Mm -hmm. that none of them or very, very few of them, have been recognised by this institution that holds itself up as, you know, this is how you will live forever if you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She goes, what about um, the fact that uh, Big Mama Thornton was the first one to sing Hound Dog? Elvis Presley covered it, and he had the hit with it, and that kick-started his career. But she's going, what about the likes of Big Mama Thornton and the people people like Odetta, who aren't recognised at all by this supposedly August institution that holds dear the concept of rock and roll. And we all know rock and roll came from the blues and there were as many uh, blue singers, female blues singers as males. But it's not just about the, the origins of rock and roll. She's saying, you know, Kate Bush hasn't been nominated, uh, or hasn't been inducted. Jan Wenner, who is on the board and also is the co-founder of Rolling Stone magazine, or the founder of Rolling Stone, he's in it but Kate Bush isn't.
0: Even more galling, one of the voters didn't know Kate Bush. Like, that is... You shouldn't be voting in the first place. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's just... So, you know, while on the surface I go, why do you care? It's not about the fact that it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's about... The imbalance.
0: Of course, it's not just men.
1: It's white men as well, mm. usually, isn't well,
0: it? Well, absolutely. It, it, is a, it is a very, I mean, it, it's a really brilliant essay, Matt, yeah. because she, like, John would often say that, you know, why would you care about this? Blah, blah, blah. But she actually drills down into that as well, where she talks about the fact that induction affects artists ticket prices their performance guarantees yeah, well, yeah. the quality of their reissue campaigns that like it, it you know for for um for a more mature act like the these can these can be serious.
2: Yeah. I, well, I, I don't but, know about the the reality of that. And, you know, I have a lot of time for Courtney Love, but I don't she's know. She's a
1: really interesting woman, isn't she?
0: She is? really yeah. is. And, yeah. and I have to say, like, I mean, this is the woman who back in the 90s said, I want every girl in the world to pick up a guitar and start screaming. Like, it's, it's a brilliant essay. And I think she is probably one of the best place people to make this argument. Like, she yeah. has been screwed over undermined, laughed at, you know, she Nirvana fans gave out about her and yet at the same time when she try and do her own music, they would attribute it to Kurt yeah. to to Kurt. Um or they would, you know, um give out about her being more of a widow than a rock star. She she was she was criticized for not looking pretty enough. Then when she got Plastic surgery. She was laughed at. You know, she 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 has been up against it her entire life, and she's a really good example of how the music industry is just unfair, and the and and the press and the coverage and the fans as well mm. can be very very hard on female artists compared to their male counterparts.
2: But I, I wouldn't have thought the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is powerful enough to, to affect how how your <clears throat> reissue campaign is or what size venues you play. No, she so very
0: um, simply makes the point though, we shouldn't necessarily have a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but if we have one, mm. then there should be opportunities for women within yeah. it. What was your Chrissy Hind line well, on it?
2: Chrissy Hind, like Hind, I would agree with Chrissy Hind on a lot of things, not least this. She, In response to Courtney Love's uh, essay, Chrissy Hind said, If anybody wants my place in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they're welcome to it. She goes, the She said, I didn't want to be inducted, but it would have disappointed my parents if I hadn't. She goes, Apart from Neil Young's part in the induction ceremony, the whole lot of it was bull s. And she goes, If anybody thinks it's anything to do with rock and roll, well, then they're a fool. So, but then again, she—you know—that isn't the point that Courtney Love is making. You can have your reservations about it, as I do, but it is the point. It's a point well made by Courtney Love, regardless of what the institution is. She's highlighting the fact that mm-hmm. this is actually unfair.
1: Okay, let's play a little bit of music because I have to admit I haven't heard Franz Ferdinand for a long time. This is the Dark of the Matinee. Take your white right finger, slide the nail under. Top and bottom buttons on my blazer. Relax a fringles, slacken ties, and i not to look at you in the shoes. I you like France Ferdinand a long time ago, I remember seeing was it Lansdowne Road they must have played in about 17 or 18 they did, years with, ago was it Scissor Sisters it and, was, and, and Pixies yeah yeah, that's great lineup yeah, yeah. although that night actually Scissor Sisters were the best act they
2: were good yeah they were good yeah anyway they're, they're coming to play they're playing in the National Museum of Ireland in Collins Barracks um, as part of the Wider Than Pictures series of concerts also playing on different dates are First Aid Kit Young Blood, Future Islands The Vamps Mick Flannery and uh, Pillow Queens our guests of Franz Ferdinand. So yeah, That'll be brilliant. they have a great back catalogue. Eh, although I think most people stop caring after album two.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think that is the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Started brilliantly it. and then yeah, so bad after that. Yeah,
2: they sort of they they were sort of lumped in with the whole indie landfill uh, movement of the, the the mid to late. Uh, but
0: then when you're listening to the Dark of the Matinee, there, I was literally sitting there going, Jesus, I don't listen to them like yeah. they're
1: so good. Mm. Yeah, it's really reminded me of them. Okay, uh, let's get to picks of the week. D you're at it again? I'm at it again, Matt. We now, understand this is it this. now. This is
0: it now, right? The album's out, okay? Came out on St. Patrick's Day. We be- you
1: better explain Sorry, to us yeah. what we're at um, again.
0: My sister's album has finally landed. Her second album, it's called Endless Affair. Uh, as I was teasing John earlier, other people are giving it good reviews as well, all right? Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten. Nine what's, out of ten in hot name, breath. What's Alva sister's Alva Reddy. Yeah, yeah. Alva Reddy. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, well, I mean... I, I, I've been rabid and on about it in, in, in this segment. It's It really is brilliant. It's, 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 it's... You're very proud of her. The best thing she's... I'm so proud yeah, of it. Yeah, and that's just yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this is a bit of a mess.
1: The two of you grow up listening to as part of interest? What of influences would you have had?
0: Oh God, so much stuff. Like there would have been a lot of Don McLean, a lot of Billy Joe. Because that's not what Clean. I'm hearing. I'm thinking
1: '90s. Well, sort of so, indie women uh, rock
0: bands. So, so I, she once gave an interview, Matt, where she talked about me collecting her in my car from primary school. I was like, Alva, do you ne-? like? You should not be saying how much older. <laughs> I am, then you. You wagging. But, like, she would have listened to a lot of myself and my sister's CDs. She used to go into my room and sit sit in the armchair and listen to the CDs.
1: What would they do? What sort of oh,
0: stuff? Sure, a bit of everything, you know? I was a really. you have heard John McLean and day. Billy
1: Joel, but. Billy Joel. Billy Joel's. Yeah, but, like, oh, you
0: so know, really. Blur, Jeff Buckley, like, all the, what whatever any other teenager was listening
2: Sleeper. to in the night. She must have listened to Sleeper. That sounds very yeah, much she like Louise Wenner. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, what's your pick of the week, please?
2: Well, I am going for the new album, uh, probably unexpected album from Depeche Mode. Um, Long-term Depeche fans will know that um, Fletch died last year very, very suddenly. And there was a fabulous interview with Dave Gahan and Martin Gore, who are now the only two Guys, in Depeche Mode in Mojo magazine last month, and they were saying he was always Fletcher was always the peacemaker, and the two guys had a fairly fractious relationship for much of Depeche Mode's career. And they said we had to figure out a way to become friends and see you know if we're going to continue Depeche Mode that we're going to have to actually get on with each other a lot better because there's nobody here now to referee. So the album's called uh, Memento Mori, and it was actually kicked off by the finest Depeche Mode single since 2008, Martyr and this is called I think we may have had a, this as a pick of the week a few weeks back it's called Ghosts Again
1: Wasted Feelings Bro They're playing Dublin this year as well, Malahide Castle, they isn't
2: are, it? yeah, the date, exact date escapes me, but yeah, Depeche Mode back on the road. The, the memento mori actually means, and I'm probably paraphrasing, remember you will die. And uh, Martin Gore said, you know, people think it's typical mm. Depeche Mode, sort of gothy sadness. He goes, but it's actually a call to arms to live every day to the fullest. So Very you
1: briefly, Dee, will you tell us about Robert Smith's going to war with Ticketmaster? Oh, he's really he came in
0: on them so basically he was absolutely sickened by the fact that tickets went out for their gig and a, a lot of people were posting pictures that showed that the combined fees actually exceeded the cost of the ticket himself. Uh, itself. So basically he went at them and he got them to refund some of it. Fair play to him.
2: Because they kept trying to keep the ticket prices low. Like some twenty-dollar tickets had fees of like twenty-five dollars
1: at it. I love the cure. We've got to finish that. Thank you very much. D. Ready, John Cadell. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from four thirty.